So, you guys good? Yes. Yeah? Good. Good. Next time, don't let me leave worship without my glasses, okay? What? Couldn't see a thing. <laughs> yeah, don't let me play ping pong without my glasses either. I lose. I hate losing. I'm lost again today, Zach, so. You beat Zach again? Zach on Tuesday, Okay, so we're going to start, yeah? Yes. We'll see if this is any good or not. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, define the word good. Great. Mm. Uh, I disagree. I'm not perfect. Jesus. A muted version of great. <laughs> Define good. Perfect. Hey, just so you know, this is the message. We're going to start the message now, so I need you guys' help. So, define good. Jesus, cool. That's good. We're in church, so that counts. What else? Come on. We don't know how to define the word? Define good. If you were to say, oh, that guy's good, what's that actually mean? Well, this went belly up, huh, Tatum? Yeah. <laughs> and service over. All right, well, uh, so we're going to move on from that question. Are you not going to answer it? Huh? What? Okay, sometimes we define this word good, and we have a very, very limited view on it, of course, <laughs> based on that. Okay, we've got a limited view on what this word actually means, and sometimes it's actually based on our personal experience, right? Sometimes the way we, the way we uh, look at things, and if like, oh, that person's good, that now defines what goodness means in my life. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay? I want to talk about how Jesus is really good. Amen. Okay? We're in this series of our 52-week series of Jesus is dot, dot, dot. Tonight is good. Cool? Yes. Is that cream soda? Yes. Wow, that sounds nice. I don't want one. But it sounds good. I don't want one. I need to cut back on the soda. I'm getting fat. It's pathetic. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I actually started working uh, today again, and it was it was pretty cool. I actually got to work again. I've been off for two months. Oh wow! And uh, the uh, <laughs> it's been great. It's not because I was unemployed though. Just so you know, I sound like a slump when I say that. They were paying me, I was just off, okay? But I started working today, and my crew looked at me, and they were like, wow, you got fat. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, that's not cool. With the Holy Spirit, that's what you Yeah, said. yeah, just, what did Josh say? A bigger temple, right? <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right, cool. That's what we needed. I needed a little icebreaker to get us all involved or something. <laughs> Jeez. Andrew, they couldn't define good in this place. They didn't yeah. know how to define good. Define good. Define, define good. 
bueno. You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I love that. That's the word That's of the definition. Okay. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we act with this word "good" as like. <laughs> as a, uh, as a uh, what was I saying? As a personal experience, right? I define what is good over my life because of what I went through that has been good, right? We say, hey, how was your day? And we say, good, usually, right? Unless you're Jaden, you say, live in the dream. <laughs> but, uh, I'm just living the dream. Hey, yeah. I know the sarcasm in it, though, too. But we just say good. And, and like, I'm sorry, but my entire day was not just good. There was good moments. There was great moments. And there was actually really mm, moments, right, kind of things. And that's okay. But we just define this word good of, like, almost, well, it's good enough. And sometimes we approach the Lord the same way. It's like, well, he's good enough. He's good enough to follow. He's good enough to be God. He's good enough. And how lame is that? That's pretty bad. How lame is that? Because we have this, we have got this limited view because the way we define everything in our lives is based on experience. We do this. Right? Based on, hey, I went to this restaurant and based on my experience, I wouldn't recommend it or I would recommend it. Right? Not even, oh, that guy's a really good cook back there. Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so we define these things and we just call them good enough. And this definition actually skews our vision of, or our, not vision, our view of what this word means. Okay? Sometimes we actually just say, Jesus is good enough. And then we lay our quote-unquote lives down for him. Because now we don't know what that actually means. Does this make sense? He is with me so far. Okay. I can say anything, but what I do and how I behave sets me apart. I could say anything. I called CenturyLink this week because apparently uh, there was this mysterious dollar amount that I all of a sudden owe them when I don't even have their service. And then they sent me to collections. Bullcrap. And I called them and I was like, hey, what is this money? Tell me where this came from. And they couldn't tell me. And it was really, really annoying. And they said, well, we have noted that we tried to notify you. And I was like, I could note anything. Does that mean it's true? Right? We approach the Lord the same way. I can say anything out of my mouth, but what actually resides in me? Where is my actual posture and how do I actually behave to make my definition come to fruition? Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Okay. Are we on the same page? Yep. Cool. Nice. It's so good to be here tonight. It really is. It's really good to be here. Um, I just love coming together and worshiping the Lord together. You guys agree? Yes. Cool. I want to tell you tonight how good the Lord is. Is that okay? Yes. I want to tell you how good he actually is. He's better than you think. Amen. That sound okay? Yes. Cool. I could even say that, like Ashton said, one of his names is actually goodness. Actually a piece of who he is. You know, that he has all of these names. 
I would even journey to say that this is one of his names. That he is so good. Just like he is love, he's also good. And he's also holy. All of these things tie up in who our Lord actually is. Okay? Um, the Lord is good. If you get anything away from this tonight, the Lord is good. Yes? Okay. Just remember that. <laughs> it should be really easy because it's the title. Okay? Uh... This truth has to be the center of our belief in Jesus. Okay? Some people would call this theology. His goodness is our basis of what we understand the Lord to be. If anything messes with that sentence, that the Lord is good, then we have to immediately throw it out. Does that make sense? Yes. I, he, he can't be good and set you up for failure at the same moment. Okay? It's not who, he can't do it. It's not possible for him. That would actually divide his kingdom in half, and it's not possible, and we'll talk about that in a second. Okay? This is truth. Why turn to Psalms 143, please. I need another person to turn to Ephesians 1, another person to turn to uh, Psalm 84, and the last person is to turn to Psalm 107. Yell out which one you're looking up. Uh, that did not work. <laughs> Which one? Psalm, Psalm 143. Who's got it? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Psalm 143, Tatum, verse 8. Read it loud. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you I do trust. Cause me to know the ways in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Huh, maybe I wrote down the wrong verse. He's good! Shoot, man, I really blew that. Does that make sense? It still proves his goodness. It's in the Bible. All right, Ephesians 1, verse 9. Who's got that one? This one's actually, like, really good. Ephesians 1, verse 9. I think everyone stopped once they heard this. Yeah, I know. Who? Who's saying me? Who? Ashton. Ashton. Uh, Ephesians 1, verse 9. Listen, listen. Read it loud. Um, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. Yes. His good pleasure. Yes? Okay, Psalm 84, verse 11. Who's got it? Crickets. Oh, I thought she was going to do it. No, I can do it. Go. 84, 11. Read it loud. Oh, no. For the Lord God is the sun and the shield. The Lord hey, start over, start over. Watch this. For the Lord God start over, start over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Go ahead. No, I'm good. No, no, it's fine. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Whoa, that's a pretty cool verse. That's in the Bible. That's that's really cool. It's in the Bible, huh? Wow, he actually said that. Wow, huh? It's fascinating that he actually said that. What was the last part of that? Did you already close it? Oh, for those who walk uprightly. Yes. Wow, what a concept. Okay, cool. Uh, Psalm 107, verse 1. Who said that? Cool. Sing it loud. Say it loud, not sing it. You can sing it if you want. 
That was weird. <laughs> Grant just starts belting it out in this beautiful voice. <laughs> 107 verse 1. Listen. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Yes, he is good. Okay? The fascinating part is you guys don't think that he's that good. <laughs> I mean, he's, it's written in the Bible how good he is. And you guys are like, well, besides that spot in my life. No, he's good. That's it. It's a blanket statement. Right? We like, we read these things. And like, oh, it's in the Bible. Whoop-de-doo. The Lord doesn't talk to me through the Bible. What a lame excuse. He talks. He's speaking through the Bible. Do you understand this? Do you understand that that's the voice of the Lord? Yes? Okay, cool. So why don't we live in this? Why don't we live in this reality of His goodness? That His love endures forever. His goodness and love endures forever. Yeah, I thought so too. He is holy and He's good. Sometimes this isn't enough for us. Even though it's in the Word, we struggle with it. Yes? Okay, turn to Psalms 34, verse 8. We're going to be jumping all over the place tonight, and it's going to be just fine. We're going to get through it together. Thirty-four, verse eight. You guys probably have heard this one before. Everybody there. Thirty-four, verse eight. I'll read it to you. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's an exclamation point, so I need to read it properly. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see. Doesn't that sound like an experience? Yes? Sounds like an experience to me. I can't taste without experiencing taste. I can't see without experiencing seeing. Correct? Okay. So again, either we haven't felt God's goodness or we're gauging it at the same measure as today, I had a good day. Does this make sense so far? Yes. Okay. Not everything in my day works out the way I thought it would. Not every part of my day feels that good. Some parts of my day really suck. Correct? Yes. Let me ask you a question. Does that change the way the Lord reigns over the earth? Okay, then why do we let it influence it? We can all say no, but like, why do we let it influence? Why do we let our problems, our, our poop of the day, sounds like a hashtag, poop, <laughs> that'd be the worst hashtag Stop. ever. Stop. All right, sorry. Why do we let the shit of our day determine the way we view God? Tell me. Because we're idiots. Right? Hey, for those of you who are new, I'm pretty blunt. So if I offend you, it's okay. All right? I still love you. It's not like I'm mad. All right? Cool. Yeah. He's like, I agree with that, Dad. 
Not everything in my day works together the way I thought it would. Not every part of my day feels that good. Is this how I'm measuring the Lord's goodness? Let me look, let's look higher in Psalm 34 to verse 4. Okay, let me read this to you guys. Verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look at him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around me, or sorry, around those who fear him and delivers them. I sought the Lord, he answered. Maybe we haven't experienced these things. Right? You guys experienced that long list? Let me make the list for you. Answers to my prayer. Have we all experienced these? What about the really, really important prayers? Oh, those are the ones he didn't answer, right? Okay. What about deliverance? Who's experienced deliverance? Yeah? Cool. That's a pretty good amount of us. What about taking away fear? What about the radiantness through us? What about the faces that my face will never have shame or be ashamed? Saved from troubles. And then angels encamped around me. Maybe none of those things apply to your life. Maybe some of those things apply to your life. Does that determine God's goodness? Are these the things, the way, are, are these things the way we define God of being good or not? I want to change a mindset with you of God is good, not because of what He does for you. Amen. That's right. Yes, He's good because He does good things. But if he didn't do any good things for you and if he didn't do anything on your life, do you understand that he's still good and he's still worthy of being followed? Amen. Do you understand that? Yep. Do you actually though? Because I know some of you and your circumstances influence the way you view God. And it's pathetic. Sorry, no, let me be nicer. It's a tragedy. He's bigger than the circumstances. Do you understand that? He walks through the valley of shadow and death with you. He's still with you, right? Yes, it might suck sometimes, but He's still with you, right? Do you understand this truth? My, my definition of goodness over the Lord is, does not end with the cross. That's right, amen. It doesn't end with the cross. The cross was a very, very good thing that, that was amazing that He did for me. And thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Right? But what if he didn't do that? Is he still good? Do you understand this? He's still good. Exactly. It wasn't me. Because God is good. Sometimes I think our definition of God's goodness is like the way we look at a good person walking on the street. Like, oh man, that guy's really cool. That guy's good. Yeah. Compared to you, is that your definition? I've been, I've been battling with this a lot because it's like, at the end of the day, why should it change? 
What if he doesn't heal me? He's still good. What if he does take away that family member? Guess what? He's still good. What if he does? He's still good. All of these things. We have to take this mindset. If we're not, we're just going to be a victim to our circumstances and we're always going to think God's out to get us. Right? We're always going to think he's out to get us. If we don't have this, this eternal lens. I was thinking, I, had a, I wasn't thinking, sorry. I had a dream the other night of um, I got past Judgment Day and I actually got to go into heaven. I didn't get the clarity of heaven because I was really focused on this one thing that the Lord wanted to illuminate to me. And it was, um, it was I, I almost like walked up to like a TV screen. Just bear with me. I walked up to like a TV screen, okay? And it was like this bird's eye view of my life. And all of the things that I thought should have went my way and how they actually impacted eternity. And I actually got to see, oh man, that, that really sucked in my life. I really didn't like that moment in my life. But, and I really was frustrated with the, with the Lord in that moment of my life. But I actually got to see the eternal impact of what the Lord was actually doing in that situation that didn't go, quote unquote, my way. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> The Lord is not just confused in heaven. He's not just like, oh my gosh, you're going through that. That's such a surprise. <laughs> oh, what? No, he's not. That, that would be the worst God in the world. And in heaven. That would be the worst God ever, right? He, he knows what he's doing. He's not confused. He's not surprised. He has an eternal plan for everything, correct? And this actually influences how good he actually is. Sometimes a good parent doesn't give their kid what they want, right? You withhold some things like, no, that's probably not good for you. Madison, uh, I should have I locked up the knives this week for Madison. Because um, she uh, was trying to open a bag with Cutco's. And if you know Cutco's, they're very, very sharp. They're very, very sharp. They have a nice serrated edge. <laughs> yeah. All right. And she was trying to cut open the bag. I don't know. We have scissors. We've got Cutco scissors that she could have used. Huh? Dessert? They were dessert. <laughs> okay. And sometimes we, I mean, she poked through the bag and then cut her finger wide open. And she got four stitches. It's hilarious. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's really funny. She called me and I was just laughing. She was crying. I was a bad husband in that moment. <laughs> but we're okay. Don't worry. She's working. That's why she's not here. Okay? Nobody got that joke. Okay, but sometimes the Lord withholds things that we think is best for us, correct? Just like a good parent, right? Just like what happened to you in the middle of um, Target when you were five years old and you really wanted that Polly Pocket. Right? Dude, don't act like you don't know what they are. I know what they are. Yeah, exactly. Let's not talk Yeah, I know. I know he did. Okay? He's a father. Yes? Do we understand that he is a father and he fathers us? Hey, guess what? He's better than your dad. That's right. He's better than your father. He's better than anybody you've ever met. And he, some of you guys have really cool dads, but no, he's better. He's better. He's way, way better. Okay? And he knows what's best for us. Okay? Do you understand this? 
Let me figure out where I was. He does amazing things and can set anyone free he wants, correct? But that's not the only reason we believe in his goodness. Okay? Cool. I missed that point, and I wanted to say it. Um, let me ask you a question. Are your parents in charge or in control of your house? They're in charge. Good answer. They are in charge. Okay? Your parents are in charge of the house, but not always capable of being in control of the things that are happening in the house. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. This is exactly the way the Lord works. He's in charge of the earth, but he's not in control of everything that happens on earth. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. No, I am not bashing his sovereignty. Okay? Do not hear that. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. Okay? He's in charge. He's already won. He is victorious. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. He's won. But do you understand that there's other forces at work? Yeah. Not only your free will, free will, but also the demonic. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Do you understand this? Yeah. Cool. Let me embellish a little bit more. He's in charge of the earth, but not under control. Okay? Um, who was tempted by the devil today? Cool, so you know that the Lord is not in control of that spot in your life. Correct? Yeah. You can submit to Him and give Him control. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. There is this submission. Correct? Yes. And that's the sweet spot. But if you don't submit to Him, you're giving somebody else control. Yeah. Sometimes it looks a lot like you. Sometimes it looks a lot like the devil. Okay? So this is the way the Lord rules and reigns. Okay? Um... <clears throat> There's two forces here on earth, and we have free will partner with this. God is the winner, the devil is present, and I have free will to pick which kingdom I'm going to invest in. Okay? Does this make sense so far? Yes. All right. I want to look at two stories tonight where we see these two forces butt heads. Okay? And maybe it'll bring this point home a little bit more of God's goodness. Okay? I want you to turn to John 11. Just John, the Gospel of John 11. John 11, verse 17, if you want to. Okay, this is a story you've probably all heard about, it's the story of Lazarus. Okay, and I want to kind of demonstrate how God is in charge, but not you. Here, let me put it this way, maybe to clear the air. God is in charge, but we don't give him control. Does that help a little bit more? Yes. Okay, sometimes we define um, charge and control in the same way. Okay, but they're actually very, very different. Okay, we don't submit to him in every area of our lives, correct? Yes. There's areas that we do. Good job. But let's add some more to that list. Yes? Okay. So, John 11, verse 17. Let's read this, and we're going to go all the way to 44, okay? Everybody see their Bible okay? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Cool. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days, okay? So, Lazarus has already died, okay? He was sick. He already died, all right? Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews... Came, had come to Martha and Mary um, to, con to console them concerning their brother. 
So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out and met him, and Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, said to Jesus Lord, if you, have been, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. <laughs> but even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Did you hear that? Yeah. Whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And then Jesus responded, 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ and the Son of God who is coming into the world. Okay? Verse 28, and when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she had heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When, when the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And he said to him, Lord, come see. And then Jesus wept. Okay? Verse 36. Yeah, you can memorize that one. So, all right, verse 36. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also be kept this man from dying? You see everything that's happening right now? Jesus is getting a lot of blame, which we'll talk about in a second. And now everybody's like, can't you do this again? You made somebody see. Can't you bring somebody alive? Okay. Cool? 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and the stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he's been, there, he's been in there dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed... You would see the glory of God. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you have sent me. And he said, and as he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Okay. Cool. First point has nothing to do with our message. Whatever your circumstance, get over it. He's God over it. Amen. Okay? Cool. Whatever you're facing, get over it. 
Oh, I don't remember. But whatever your circumstance is, he's got over it and get over it. Yeah, it rhymes a little bit. Okay, so what is this actually talking about? Right? There's, there's more than one meaning to everything that we read in Scripture, correct? Just like Noah's Ark it reveals who Jesus is, <laughs> correct? All right, just like the burning bush, it reveals who Jesus is, yes? Okay, this reveals something, and it's more than just a miraculous healing. Okay? You probably thought at the beginning, well, it was Lazarus' time to go, and let's just chalk him up as lost. We'll mourn him, and we'll move on. Right? Sometimes we take that posture. First time I read this story, I took that posture. It was like, well, all right, this will be interesting to see how Jesus replies to death. Is he going to mourn? And yes, he did mourn. But what happened after defines where his mind sits. Okay? So, Jesus' response was... Um, uh, yeah. He was dead for four days. They roll away the stone. Jesus yells at Lazarus, and then boom, the dude walks out. Yes? Okay. So my point is that Jesus can't raise him from the dead if it's against the Father's will. Do you understand this? It's a really interesting thing. Sometimes we just chalk death up to, oh, well, it's their time to go. What a limited view of who our God is. The thing I'm wrestling with, even still, is is that over every death or just over Lazarus? And here's where I've landed. Doesn't matter. I'm going to ask for it regardless. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sometimes we're, we try to make up our own theology of like, well, death is death and we have nothing to do with it. That's not what Jesus said. It's not what he said. He said, Lazarus, come out. He actually spoke to Lazarus. Lazarus' dead ears heard him, and then he shuffled on out. Like a penguin. Like a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Samuel. But Jesus can't go against his Father's will, right? If it was the Lord's will, if it was the Father's will for Lazarus to die, then Jesus can't say, hey, Lazarus, come out. Because why? that's against the trinity that's against the unity that holy spirit father and jesus have correct i know you guys are looking at me like oh my gosh this guy's nuts (laughs) yeah i am i completely am i i hate death and i always pray against it i do it's the way i land because of this okay and at the end of the day i am going to be the kid who asks my father just in case he says yes. Just like I did when I was a little boy. I'm going to ask my, my, my father for that Tonka truck. And if he says yes, cool, I just hit the lottery. But if he says no, at least I asked. Does that make sense? Okay? Jesus and the father cannot butt heads. Okay? They are in unity. Yes? so he can't raise him if it's against the Lord's will it would be a kingdom divided what if we were to take this stance I know it's challenging every piece of logic in your brain right now what if we were to take this stance I'm going to ask you know are you willing to ask 
Or is that out of your wheelhouse of faith? Because I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't say, all right, let's bump that faith gauge a little bit higher tonight. Yep. Let's bump it a little bit higher tonight. Let's increase that. Let's push the limits a little bit higher. Because what you've put on your faith is actually a ceiling. You've put this ceiling and boom, you're hitting it every single time. All right, I don't, uh, Lex said that. I'm going to throw that away. I'll focus on the other stuff that I like to hear that aligns with my theology of faith. Correct? But let's push the limits tonight. What if we were to take this stance? I mean, Noah lived for 500 years. <laughs> and then the Lord called him to build an ark at 500 years old. And then it took him another 100 years to build that ark. Mm -hmm. Have we just given up on this whole thing of death? Don't worry, we're going to talk about other things. I'm not just focusing on death tonight, okay? I know you guys are like, oh my gosh, this is heavy. <laughs> no, settle down. It's okay. We're all in this together. Okay? Let's take a new stance tonight. Yep. Have we given up on contending over things that don't align with my theology? with my belief in who Jesus is, with my belief in his sovereignty of his in-charge nature. What if we were to give him control like Jesus did? Do you understand that I know people who have raised the dead? I know some dudes who have done this. Like, whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Does that help? Like, I know him by name. I've hugged him before. Does that help your, your little, your faith gauge? Does it help? Because I think it should. Right? Just like when you hear a story and it's like, whoa, that is completely uncomfortable with me. But I can't deny it. Right? We've seen legs grow in this place. <laughs> We've seen epilepsy be healed in this place. So it's not, it's not pushing my wheelhouse. Let's push your wheelhouse tonight. Yeah? Yes. Can we do that tonight? Yes. The Lord does what he wants. Amen for that. He does as he pleases. Yeah. And if I put a container on him, I'm sorry, I'm not letting him do what he pleases. Come on. I'm not giving him control over that area. And what a shame. What are we actually stifling out of people what are we, let me rephrase that. What are we actually stifling out of others' breakthrough by our ceiling? Cool. Do you know the, um, that story when Jesus calms the storm? Okay. Why could he calm the storm? Okay. Cool. Go deeper than that, though. Yeah, he's Jesus. He does what he wants. Okay. Who's that, who controlled that storm? Did he? God controlled the storm? Oh. Are, you, are you saying who brewed the storm? Who, who, uh, yeah, so let me clarify. Who created that storm? The demon did. Yes. Why? Because they were going to the other side for something. Does anybody know where they were going and what happened on the other side? It was to cast out that demon. Yeah, it was to cast out a demon. Do you understand that this storm was trying to stop Jesus from a breakthrough? And then Jesus says, nah. <laughs> Sit down, be quiet, we're going there. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. So it wasn't God. 
Because if Jesus can calm it, then it's not part of the Father's will, and the Father's will was the storm. Interesting, right? Yep. There's a story of a guy who ran out of his office. There was a tornado coming at his office and started rebuking it in the name of Jesus. What happened? It turned around. You understand this? Yes. I'm not a lunatic. <laughs> I'm not a lunatic. I'm just reading the Bible for what it's worth. Yeah. Right? Yep. The Lord, and I get to partner in this? I get to have a say? I get to say, Lord, what are you, what are you thinking about this situation? Is this of you? Do you get my point tonight? Yeah. He's good. He Do you think he's just going to, oh, well, tornado's going to come and it's going to blow. Oh, my God. Does that sound very godly, working all things together for my good? Uh, no. No, that does not align with who God is. If I understand the character of God, I understand what He wants to do. And if I feel like I have a full understanding of the character of God, then I need to study more and know Him more so that I know His character more. Correct? God is not a control freak. He wants your investment. He wants your buy-in. He wants your faith. Just like it said in the story of Lazarus. Didn't you say that you believe that I can do it, Mary? Yep. Correct? Mm -hmm. This is so huge. What if we took this stance? What would our, what would our environment look like? Amazing. I'll tell you what it would look like. It would look like on earth as it is in heaven. Do you understand that's the disciples asked Jesus how to pray and that's how he answered? Mm -hmm. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Does that stretch you tonight? I think so. Oh, yeah. It stretches me. Because <laughs> like, there's some things I'm like, well, you don't have power over that, God. <laughs> But I'm sorry, there's plenty of stories in this room of God healing cancer. There's plenty of stories in this room of God healing and healing and healing and outside of this room that we've contended for that are healing and healing yeah. and healing. Why? Because it's not of God. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> that was the most sad sigh I've ever heard. <laughs> it's part of who He is. Do you understand that he's, he healed a fever? Yep. Sometimes we're just like, oh, well, I've got a fever. Bummer. It's just, it just happens. <laughs> it just happens. No, Jesus, that was his first thing that he did here on earth was say, nope, fever, bye. Get out of here. Right? And then he kept on pushing the limits more and more and more. And then he raised himself from the dead. Do you understand that nothing is impossible when we look at the character of Jesus? He's that good. He has domain over everything. It's, a, it's just a matter if we give him access or not. Amen. If we don't give him access, then, oh, yeah, every, you're a victim. You're a victim to everything that's going to come your way. But he is God. 
Do you know what that means? He lords over everything, and he has a plan for everything, and he has a will for everything, and he wants his kingdom to reign. Amen. That's, why he, that's why he put Jesus on the cross. Yes. Why? To make that connection happen again. To swing heaven back into earth. That's why Pentecost happened. Do you understand that? To swing open these gates and then woof, a fresh wind, a fresh fire. Do you want this tonight? Isn't that beautiful? Do you want to push the limits of your understanding of faith? Yes. Because faith is just like, oh, well, I just have faith. I have faith that he, he cleansed all my sins. and My faith only involves my life. No, that's such a lame view. Faith changes everything. Amen. And it allows God's goodness to reign in a whole nother way. And saturate your circumstances and saturate other people's circumstances. Right? Yes. If things don't go your way, I'm sorry. It's actually for an eternal purpose and get over it. <laughs> and it's okay. It's okay because He's still walking with you. Yes. He's with you everywhere. That's why the Holy Spirit came. Right? Yep. That's why he came. That's why Jesus came. Does this all make sense? Yes, sir. Making anybody uncomfortable tonight? Because I want to push the limits a little bit. I, I've even felt this over my life of being just content with like, well, I've seen enough. I'm okay. I know I'm going to heaven. Isn't that enough, Lord? There's more. Right? I've, to I've told you guys I had a dream probably three, four years ago of me walking through heaven and there were empty rooms and there were all names that I knew that were on those doors and they were ready for those people but my lack of obedience hindered them. Right? And it's not a place of guilt. It's a place of calling and a place of conviction. It's a place Amen. of, okay, I'm going to dig my heels in on this. Right? Yep. I'm going to say, Lord, I want to see you do it. Yes. Whatever it is. Yes. Right? We all know people who are struggling. We all need, know people who, who, uh, who need a healing, who need a word, who need something from the Lord because yeah. they feel like they're drowning. Let's ask for it. Amen. What a concept. Let's just ask for it. Yes. I think in the Bible it says, ask and you will receive. Yeah? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. So we've read that before. Oh, okay, so you already know it. Let's walk in it. Let's walk in it. What would happen? What would happen? Everybody complains in, about the way our world is, but what would happen? Let's dig our heels in. Right? Maybe that scares the crap out of you. Yeah, it scares the crap out of me too because it's not in my control. I'm a control freak. I'm a type A control freak so yeah it jacks with me a little bit but I know that his ways are higher Amen. and I want to partner with him do you? because yes. I, I want to partner with you guys partnering with him so that we can change the world yes. not for the sake of the home I could care less about the home do you understand that? Yep. I don't care about the home I care about Jesus mm -hmm. this is just a means to do Jesus <laughs> you know? To live for Jesus, to change the world for Jesus, 
and to encourage each other. Does this make anybody excited, or is it just like really heavy to somebody? It's probably pretty heavy. It's okay. It's okay. We're in it together. And you have Holy Spirit living inside of you. You're in good hands. And just like we read earlier in Psalm 34, we have angels encamping around us. Uh, good news? Yeah. Um, pretty much undefeated? Yes. Cool? Yes, sir. Nice. God is the winner, always. Let's let him win more. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Can I say that? Yes. Our sacrifice, our surrender, our willingness to partner with the Lord should really excite us because we can't do it on our own. I'm sorry. Some people think that their world changes on their own. Nah. You can only do it by the work of the Holy Spirit. Yep. Right? It's not what I say. It's how I behave and act. Amen. Right? Talk is cheap. I could say anything. Yeah. I could go up to a random person and say, hey, love you. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I don't know you, but love you, dog. No. What if my actions actually invested into that? Right? Do you understand that God loves more than just you? He loves everybody? Yep. Equally? No partiality. No partiality. He shows no favoritism. He loves everybody equally. Right? I just want to surrender to him more. Do you? That's the call tonight. Okay? If I freaked you out with death stuff, that's okay. You'll get there. Okay? Freaks me out too. But we've got authority over the weather. Let's ask for some snow or something, you know? No. 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 Yes. No, like. <laughs> Do you get it, though? We have, we have God on our side. I mean, it's up to him. He wants it. That's right. He wants it more than anything. He wants his kingdom to reign here. That's why he says at the end of the ages, uh, he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. Why? Because he wants it so badly. Yep. He's got to make a new one because he wants it so badly so that those two collide and intertwine. Wow. Wants it so badly. All right? Let me pray for you. We okay? Yes. Told you. We okay? All right. Put your hand on your heart. <laughs> put your hand on your heart we're going to pray whatever your posture is Lord I pray that anything that was not of you that was spoken tonight would fall on deaf ears but everything that was of you would permeate and would keep us up and that it would be a spot of conviction, not a spot of guilt. Lord, I pray that, um, Holy Spirit, you would invest into conviction and, and that, you would, um, that you would strike down guilt tonight. And Lord, I just pray for more anointing in the room. 
pray for more of your ministry to permeate through our hands and through our mouths. Lord, anything that we don't think that doesn't line up with you, I pray that you would correct it and that we would allow you to, that we would give you access and we wouldn't be afraid of that. That we would take a heavenly, heavenly mindset tonight. Lord, we just love you. Thank you so much for giving you or for giving us your word so that we could understand more of your character. Lord, I, I pray that you would continually minister to us and draw us closer and closer to who you are and that we would fall in love with you all over again. And I pray for a holy surrender tonight. And that we would give you control. If I ever feel myself taking away your control, Lord, I pray that you would convict me in that moment so that I can get back on board to serve you. We love you so much, Lord. I pray for a continued increase of faith in the room. Feelings tonight. And we wouldn't be content in your in our relationship with you, but we would continue to keep on growing with you, Lord. Mm -hmm.